Good morning, everybody, and uh, so good to see you. Uh, good to be together uh, with you. River Glen is, is one church, but we meet in multiple locations. And so welcome uh, to everybody here in Waukesha, and a big welcome to everybody over in Pewaukee, and everybody joining us online. Uh, great to have you with us. Here's how I want to get started uh, today. I want to ask everybody to uh, go ahead and take out your cell phone. You know, many places you go to, they say, you know, put it away, you know, turn it off, but I want you to take it out, okay? I got mine out, and when you get it out, wave it to me so I can see that you got your phone. Oh, yeah, very good. Okay, I want to ask you a few questions about your phone, how you feel about your phone. And uh, if you agree with the statement, okay, uh, the way that you vote, just raise your phone up, okay? And that means, that means it's true uh, for you. Okay, here's the uh, first question. How many of you would say, I love my phone? Yeah, I, I've got a phone, I love it. All right, very good. How many of you would say, okay, I have one, I have a phone, and I hate it. I hate my phone. Yeah, okay. I see some phones. And uh, number three, this is me, okay. How many of you would say, I love and hate my phone. Yeah, okay, quite a few, yeah. You know, I, uh, I love my phone because it gives me access to the whole world, and there are times when I hate my phone because it gives the whole world access uh, to me. And so I want to try something with you. I'm going to call this an accessibility experiment, and uh, I want everybody to do this, both campuses, so over in Pewaukee, I want you to do this as, uh, as well. And uh, so take your phone, you got your phone out, you got it on, okay, now I want you to turn the volume up. All right, turn, that, turn it on uh, loud, and uh, I actually have a prize uh, for the winner, and uh, over at Pewaukee, Dave has a prize for the winner. We've got a gift card that we're going to give away, and uh, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call somebody else in this room, and the first person to stand up and receive the call and raise their phone, they, uh, did you receive one, all right? Wow, that, was, that, that took a long time, didn't it? And uh, we got a gift card for you. Very good. And, uh, and who'd you receive the call from? Oh, good. You guys, nicely done. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, the reason I wanted to do that, but, oh, by the way, it's probably a good idea to turn these down now, okay? Yeah. The reason I wanted to do that is, uh, is because 20 years ago, when River Glen started, we couldn't have done that because everybody's phone was probably on the wall, you know, with a squiggly cord like that. But now we have... Uh, uh, 24-7 access uh, because of our phones, and it's all the fault of a guy by the name of Marty Cooper. Marty Cooper was an engineer. He worked for Motorola. He, he led the innovation of the first cell phone. Here's the question that Marty asked. Why is it then when we, when we want to call and talk to a person, we have to call a place? And he focused on that question, and Marty figured out a way to actually call a person instead of a, a place. And that led to the invention of the uh, Dynatac uh, 8,000X. Uh, there it is. Maybe some of you remember that one. It's also known as the brick phone. Yeah, not exactly a pocket phone, okay? You're not putting that one in your, in your pocket. Uh, not at all. And then over time, it gradually led to the uh, development of the uh, uh, flip phone. I remember my Razor flip phone. I liked that phone. That was, that, you know, I felt like Captain Kirk on Star Trek. <laughs> you know, you flip that thing open. That was really uh, really cool. And now today we got this magnificent uh, wonder of, of technology, but I think many of us, we love this thing, but there's also a part of us, there's a part of me that hates this thing because we are now more accessible than any people in the history of mankind. Researchers tell us that we check our phone on the average of 221 times a day. 
And that breaks down to every, once every 4.3 minutes. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, that seems like a lot. But then I thought about how often I check my phone, and that's about right. I mean, we check these things all the time. We check them at home. We check them at work. We check them in the bathroom. Come on, you know you do it. You know, admit it. All right. You know, we are accessible. You're accessible. I'm accessible. But are we available? Are you available? Because wouldn't you agree, there's a big, big difference between accessibility and availability. Are you available to relationships? Are you available to connect in relationships and friendships? And here's why this is so important. You and I need to be available in order to grow. Last weekend, we began this new series. It's called Better Together, based on this book, Uh, by Rusty George, this this new book by Rusty. I love this line from Rusty's book. He says, the way to a better me is the power of we. And we all need the power of we because I would say all of us have some growth areas. Maybe you would say, I want to grow as a a spouse or I want to grow in my parenting or in my uh, relationships. Some of you would say, I want to grow as an employee or a leader. Many of us would say, I want to grow better as a follower of Jesus. You know, here's a litmus test for a growth of followers of Jesus. This list comes from Galatians uh, chapter 5. It's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And these qualities should just ooze out of the life of Jesus' followers. Now, when you look at this list, are there any of these qualities that you think, oh, yeah, I could could use more of that. I need to to work on that, like uh, peace. You know, do you have peace? Or how about gentleness or self-control? Or would anybody say, yeah, I could use more patience? Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. This is not a guilt exercise. This is an exercise that shows we have growth areas. We all need to grow. Last week, I asked you to think of a season in your life when you grew rapidly. Any season, any kind of growth in your life. And then I asked, what environment were you in when you experienced rapid uh, growth. More specifically, were you in isolation or did it involve other people? If you were here, I mean, almost every hand went up and said, yeah, it involved other people because God designed us to grow, not in isolation. We grow best in relationships with each other. And you probably have heard that before. You probably know that. But are you available to connect in relationships? Now, that doesn't mean you can't grow alone. I mean, Rusty talks about this in his book. I mean, time alone can help us grow. But I would say, even for those of us last weekend, some of you, there were a few hands that went up and said, I grew the most in isolation. Here's my guess. God had to isolate you and teach you some things that other people had already tried to tell you. I mean, sometimes people try to speak into our lives to help us grow, and we're hard-headed, and we're stubborn. And it may take isolation for us uh, to realize, yeah, I need to, I need to work on, on some things in order uh, to grow. Now, to help us understand how we grow, uh, I want to share with you a visual I- example. It's very scriptural. It's, uh, it's, it's very important, especially in our world today, because we live in a culture that celebrates individualism. We think, oh, I want to be my own man. I want to be my own woman. We want to be individuals. But uh, let me show you an example of how we grow uh, using a knife. Now, it feels kind of strange. It feels a little weird to be on stage at a church with a big old knife, all right? But every knife, I don't care what they say on the infomercial, every knife eventually gets dull. 
and need sharpening. And in the same way, every individual hits a point where you need to get sharpened and grow over, over time. Now, can this knife sharpen itself? No. I mean, what does it take to sharpen a knife? Well, you, you've got to have something made of the same material in order to sharpen the knife. And God made you in the exact same way. Look at this scripture. I love it. It says in Proverbs chapter 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another because you and I were created. God designed us to grow the most in community, in relationship with other people. And I know you're accessible, but are you available today? I mean, for those kinds of relationships. It's so important that God role modeled this himself. God role modeled it all throughout Scripture, all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in chapter 1 of, of Genesis. God says, let us make mankind in our image. Notice the plural pronouns here. God has always existed in community. With who? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. When Jesus stepped onto this world, he did not do life on his own. He strategically connected with 12 other people, the disciples. Jesus had a lot of work to do. He had a lot of people to help. But he made himself available to, to live in community, in relationship with them. And God makes a very powerful statement in Genesis chapter 2. We, we read the very first time God says something is not good. God looks down at, at man. Well, I'll just show it to you. It's in Genesis chapter 2. God said, it's not good for the man to what? To be alone. Because you are designed to grow in community, to grow in relationships, but not any relationship. You are designed to grow best, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, with other strong Jesus followers around you, spurring you on in those uh, relationships. Here's what this means. The relationships that you have right now will be the number one factor for your future uh, growth. Or to put it another way, here's sometimes how we say it in student ministry, in children's ministry. We just say, you show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. You show me your friends, and I'll show you a vision of what your future looks like. Do you like your future? Let me put this in leadership language. Some of you maybe uh, serve in leadership roles. Here's, here's a great leadership principle. Your leadership potential is determined by those in your inner circle. That's why I just feel so grateful and blessed and excited to serve here at River Glen because I get to serve with some of the best leaders. How about you? Are you making yourself available uh, today for the right relationships? Well, here's what I want to do. I want to show you a scripture. I want us to look at a scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, that makes this point so clear. Hebrews is an interesting book because unlike the other books in the Bible, we're not exactly sure who authored the book of Hebrews. Some people think the apostle Paul wrote it. Other people argue that one of his associates wrote it. But that detail doesn't really matter because God's wisdom is just so brilliant and vivid in this book. Let's begin with verse 23. I love how it begins. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I love to uh, say this word because we don't say it very often, but do you know what the word unswervingly means? It means to be unshaken. Do you ever feel shaken? Do you ever receive a surprising health report? You ever struggle with anxiety? You ever receive some bad news from a spouse? You ever find out something troubling 
from a child. You ever felt shaken? The writer of Hebrews is going to tell us that there's a way you can live your life unshaken, unswervingly. You wonder, how would I even do that? Well, he goes on to tell us in the next verse. He says, let us consider. This word consider in the original language is not just, oh, okay, I'll think about that. No, this means you engage in the deepest thinking that you can possibly uh, do. you got to think hard about this. you gotta, you got to think deeply uh, about this. He goes on to say, and let us consider how we, it's a key word, we, not, not me, we. Remember, Rusty said the way to a better me is the power of, of we. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, here's what he's saying. There is a way when we feel shaken, you can have a group of, of we, not me, around you that will help spur you on so that when you feel anxious, when you feel afraid, when you've got questions about your, your, your finances, when your marriage hits a rough patch, when you don't know what to do with a wayward child, there's a way for you to not be shaken. Okay? How would, how would I do that? Verse 25, not giving up meeting together. This word meeting in the original language is so specific. This isn't referring to a casual meeting on a sports field or maybe in a bar. This is a very uh, specific word that describes a gathering, a meeting of Jesus followers for this sole purpose of spurring one another on. That's the meeting that he's talking about. Do you have that meeting? Are you available for that meeting? Now, here's what some of you are thinking right now. Well, yeah, that's why I'm here today. You know, I'm in this meeting right now. That's why I came today for, 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 the, for that meeting. But I don't think this is the meeting that he's talking about. Hear me out. In the book of Acts chapter 2, when the early church begins, Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says they had two meetings. They met as a large group similar to what we're doing right now. They would meet in the temple courts. They would gather in the temple courts. But then it says they didn't leave it there. They met together in their homes. They would meet in a circle. And I believe the meeting that we read about in Hebrews chapter 10 relates more to this circle, you know, in our homes or in a, maybe in a, in a classroom than what we're doing right now. But maybe you wonder, why two meetings? Why did they make themselves available for two meetings? Let me put it this way. Let me ask it this way. If the number one determination for your growth is the relationships that you have right now, this meeting that we're in right now, are we developing relationships? Not really. The answer is, is no. And the reason is because you're sitting in, in rows. I mean, you can see my eyes right now, but other than that, you see the backs of everybody else's heads. And that's why we don't develop relationships in rows. We develop relationships in circles, eyeball to eyeball with other people. So why this gathering? Why this large gathering? Since the beginning of the church 2,000 years ago, Followers of Jesus have gathered together in a large group like this every week for the purpose of inspiration. We gather together like this to, to, to worship God. We gather together like this to open up God's word and hear teaching to allow God to speak into our lives and, and inspire us. This, this gathering is for the purpose of inspiration. But inspiration is not everything in your life. And, and here's why. Have you ever felt inspired to do something and then you don't actually do it? You know, for example, you ever felt inspired to go to the gym and work out, but you don't, you don't go to the gym? Yeah, like all of us, right? So inspiration does not equal transformation. 
I'm going to say that again. Inspiration does not equal transformation. Now, this environment, this, this, this large gathering, can be a transformational environment. Some of you have made important spiritual decisions to follow Jesus, sitting in rows, just like this. I've had experiences in my life where I've made major decisions sitting in an environment like this. Here's a picture of our Pewaukee campus in rows, and it's a very uh, inspirational environment. But you want to know where, where you find transformation? It looks like this in a, in a circle. And uh, that's why you often hear us say this, that circles are better than rows. This is one of our uh, Thursday night groups that meets in the, in the uh, lobby. And I don't know how well you can see them or if you can see their faces, but if you could see all their faces, these are faces of joy. Faces of transformation. It doesn't mean that when we, we, we don't go through hard times in a circle. We do, but we spur each other on. And this is where we experience transformation. And the people, and I, and I find that the people at River Glen who grow the most, who are the most unshaken, are those who have connected and joined a circle. They've joined a group. Now, what is a group? A group is a gathering of five, about five to 15 people who meet together maybe in a home or in a space in our building or maybe in a coffee shop, and they meet together and they eat together and they grow together. And you know what? Right now is actually an excellent time uh, for you to consider joining one of our circles as we get ready to begin a new semester. Next weekend is Group Link here in Waukesha and then over in Pewaukee the week after that. Group Link is an open-door event where you can come and find out more about the alpha groups and the rooted groups that we offer. We're, we're emphasizing those two groups at both campuses this semester. <clears throat> alpha is for those of you who are new to groups and have questions and want to explore faith. I'm telling you, God has used Alpha as a high-impact ministry in our church for, for many, many years. It's a great place not just to learn, but to get connected to other people. You can choose from Wednesday or Thursday nights. The other opportunity is Rooted. I'm really excited about Rooted. Now, this may be the first time that you're hearing about Rooted, but we actually launched Rooted groups a year ago, behind the scenes for our elder team, our staff, and some of our lead volunteers, and they all loved it. My wife, Marnie, and I, we actually went through Rooted two times this past year. It is the best small group that I have ever experienced as a follower of Jesus. I would highly recommend it to every Christian. We have many Rooted groups launching. You can register for Sunday afternoon, Tuesday evening, or Wednesday evening. It's a 10-week group. Almost all of our current life groups will be doing the Rooted experience together uh, this semester. But don't just take my word for it. I want you to hear from someone else who experienced Rooted this past fall. Take a look at the screens. Uh, I'm Jim Pulowski. I've been coming to River Glen, the Waukesha campus. Uh, I think that's going on like three and a half, four years now. I enjoy coming to church. I enjoy the whole experience of it. But getting at that next level, I'm, maybe I was just scared. I went into Rooted somewhat reluctantly. My wife actually asked me if I would go. And I was like, oh, it's an 11-week commitment. And I was a little bit hesitant. And, and I sat and I thought about it and I pondered on it. And me and God got, got together a little bit on it. And I said, well, what am I thinking that I 
am reluctant to go to a group that's going to better my relationship with God and other Christians. So I decided to go, but I, I almost considered myself like a, almost a passive Christian. I went to church regularly, you know, and I and but hadn't actually gotten involved. So it was a little bit, yeah, you know, I was a little bit uneasy at first, but I started to learn what it was really like to be a true Christian, so to speak, where not so much of as the passive Christian as I was kind of perceiving myself as, what it really took to be a Christian, and then also some of the hindrances to me being a good Christian. Um, they were addressed full, you know, full on, and I had to uh, had to face some challenges that were associated with being that reluctant Christian. One of the modules that they had during Rooted, they separated the men and the women. And in that particular exercise, there was a bond that started to develop with the men. And I got a lot more comfortable in being able to discuss some of the limitations of being that human, that sinner in a Christian you know, setting that was beneficial. It's nice to have that network. We in our group overall have had a a texting chain where we text back and forth and, and we scriptures and, and thoughts and things like that and that has continued after the group and that texting chain is a real nice thing sometimes you know I ran into some certain thing and if you share it through the group and then everybody bounces back and forth it's it's becoming a part of a community as opposed to just being a member of a church rooted was really a real good experience for me in that in working through the scriptures I was quite moved with the fact that the Holy Spirit is in me, is a part of me, you know, and I started to feel a little bit more of the Spirit and feel what was trying to be said and working through the scriptures as a group and then discussing different aspects of that took away the, the struggle of my own understanding to a degree and then created a better open bond between me and God. It's not just words and interpretations from a ancient time, it's more relevant to me now. The most important part of this for me was breaking down that barrier and becoming part of the community of this church. My responsibility as a Christian is also bringing others to Christ, bringing others in. The community of my church, the community of, of all of us, and how I can get others in more into this community. It's a pretty awesome thing. Hey, let's uh, thank Jim for sharing his story with us. I really appreciate Jim. I got to know Jim and in, in the group uh, this fall. And uh, yeah, at first he, he, wasn't, he wasn't so sure he wanted to be there. And you could just see the growth and the transformation in his life. Rooted will help you grow your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. The question is, are you in a group? Are you available today to join a group? Here's what many of us would have to say. Well, I'm not in that meeting. You know, I come to this, this sometimes, but uh, I'm not in that other one. Some of us would say, I've, I've given up. On, on that other one. And so listen to the writer of Hebrews. Remember what he said? He said, let's spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up, not giving up meeting together, not giving up on that circle for uh, transformation, which some of us would say, I did that, I gave up. It's interesting. Do you know the very next thing it says in Hebrews? It says this, as some are in the habit of doing. I mean, he realized he wrote that 2,000 years ago, and it's like he could read 
some of our minds. And I think it's because he really knew human nature. And human nature has this tendency. We celebrate individualism. I'm going to continue to do things my way. And that's a poor strategy. It's a bad strategy every single time. I think we've got three groups of people in the room right now who are not connected to a circle. One would be those of you who are new. Maybe you started attending recently. You didn't even know about circles, and and you're like, oh, man, that sounds good. I need that, and today is your day. And then there are others of us who, a second group, who are not connected, and it's because of a fear or an excuse. And then I think there's a third group who were attending a group, but you stopped attending. You dropped out uh, for some reason. And I don't know why, but... Here's what I'm going to do today as your pastor. I'm not just going to encourage you to join a group. I am going to challenge you to sign up and register for a group today before you leave. It is that important. And here's why. Here's the big takeaway. Listen, you may be one group away from God transforming your life. You may be one community away from God changing your your life. Uh, The writer of Hebrews goes on to say this, uh, don't stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. That's what we're doing right now. We're encouraging each other not to give up. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, what day is he talking about here? What does he mean? I think he's talking about the day when Jesus comes back, the day Jesus returns, which, by the way, life is short. Some of you know that all too well right now, and it creates a sense of urgency about this. But let me take this a step further. Do you know what other day he's talking about? He's talking about a day that's going to happen in your life and mine. And we know this day is coming. And it might be a day coming where, you know, you might be this, you might be single and need community. It might be a day when your marriage hits a bump or it hits a wall and you can feel it and you know it. Or maybe there's a day coming when your child goes astray, or there might be a day that comes where, you know, all of a sudden your work situation changes suddenly. There might come a day when all of a sudden you get hit with an unexpected health issue, and there's a day coming when change, it's going to hit you, and it, it might feel like a ton of bricks. And when that day comes, if you have not invested in a group, in a community, in a circle of Jesus followers, you know, that you meet with regularly, you, you, you will be in deep trouble. But when that day comes, if you have invested in a community, in a group, in a circle in your life, it's going to hold you up. It's going to make your faith stronger, your confidence stronger, your marriage stronger, your kids stronger, your friendship stronger, all because you made a decision to engage in community. Let me say it again. You might be one group away from God transforming your life. Are you available to join a group today? I think there's three excuses that I hear a lot from people who are are not taking this step, who are not connected to a a circle, to a group. And uh, I just want to deal with them. I want to address them real quickly. Here's the first one. It would be this. People say, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know how to pray. And, you know, I'll go to a group, and I know what's going to happen. They're going to say, okay, John, open up to Habakkuk chapter 3, and please read out loud. And I don't know how to find Habakkuk chapter 3, and I'm going to be stuck. Listen, you go to a group, you join a circle, no one's going to ask you to open to anything or ask you to read anything. Your group is there to help you, and you are going to find some of the greatest individuals who want to help you 
in your circle. Some of you think, well, I already know the Bible. Well, that's good, but the goal is not to know the Bible. The goal is to apply the Bible. Think about it. The most most spiritual person in the room is not the one who knows the most. It's the one who applies the most. And you can apply. You get to apply in a group. That's why it's so important. Here's excuse number two. I think it would be this. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. You know, is it weird? Am I going to go to group? Am I going to go to circle? It's going to get really weird, really strange. You know, in there, maybe I get in a group and some snake handlers bust out, you know, and it's just really weird, really bizarre. Or maybe I go to a group and they're all wearing robes. And they put you in the middle. It's like this group hug and they, all, and they lay all their hands, you know, on you. And it's going to get just really, really weird, you know, in there. No, no, no. Listen. I showed you a picture earlier of what a group looks like, one of our circles in the lobby. It's just normal people doing life together. A group is just normal, broken people. I mean, there are no imperfect people spurring each other on to grow. My group spurs me on. I need it as much as anybody else. Here's the third one, and this is the biggest one. I don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. But I'm going to push back on this one. Because you have time for what's important to you. You, have, you make yourself available for what's important uh, to you. And, and listen, nobody's going to get to the end, of the end of their life and look back and say, yeah, all those days, all those nights when I stayed home and didn't go to a, a group, I watched Netflix. Netflix transformed my life. I watched some YouTube videos. YouTube videos changed my life. Nobody's going to say that. That's not going to happen. Or here's a big one. Sometimes for parents, the reason you're not in the group is because your calendar is filled with so many activities and sports for your kids, and you're just like, I don't have time. And if that's you, I want you to hear my heart. The reason you, you, you involve your kids in sports and activities is because you want what's best for your kids. And I want what's best for my kids. But listen, parents, the number one thing that your kids need from you, and there's not even a close second. The number one thing they need is a mom and a dad who really love each other. The number one thing that parents need, or the kids need from you, the number one thing they need is a mom and a dad who have a thriving marriage. And listen, for you to have a thriving marriage, you need to surround yourself with other Jesus followers spurring you on. And uh, that's that's not going to happen. You're not going to find that on the practice field or at another activity. So let's go back to where we started. And that, let me ask that question. In what area in your life do you want to grow? Do you feel stuck? Do you want to soar you know, in that area and reach new heights? But you just feel like you're just flapping you know, as hard as you can. And you know, you're trying and you're trying as, as, as hard as you can. And you want to soar. This week I read, I did some reading on the Wright brothers who built the first airplane that, 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 that took off and was able to really soar. Did you know they started out in Day- Dayton, Ohio? And they tried and they tried and they tried and they tried until they finally decided to move to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And that's when the plane got off the ground and it really began to soar again and again. Do you know why? They finally realized that in Kitty Hawk, the wind was right to fly. And what some of us need to hear today is this. You're trying and you're trying and you're trying and you're doing it all on your own. And here's what God wants to tell you. You will never soar until you invite the wind to come underneath you in community 
in relationships in this church. That's how you soar. That's how you soar. And so today, before you leave this room, make a decision, not even a decision, but an action that you are gonna, you're going to sign up for a rooted group or an alpha group. Listen, you don't have to sign up forever, okay? You know, you're not, you're not stuck in this group until Jesus comes back. It's a 10-week group. It's a short-term group. And if you make yourself available, you will soar. It's real, real simple to register for a group. You can, you can take out your phone and uh, just go to one of these addresses here for Alpha or for Rooted. All the information is there, the, 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 the dates and everything you, you, you need to know to, to register. It's also on this card that's in the seat back in front of you. You can take that uh, with you. If you have any questions about Rooted or Alpha, stop at the connect wall after the service. We've got staff, we've got volunteers that would love to talk with you and help you. Now, I know that you probably need to chat with somebody, maybe somebody nearby, before you can sign up for a group. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a prayer. And then after the prayer, uh, the team, the band on stage is going to play instrumentally for a minute or so to give you some time uh, to have a uh, chat with somebody. If you need to chat with somebody nearby, to check your calendar, to, and, and then take out your phone. And uh, you can go ahead and register for a group. It's super easy. The team did a great job making these links as simple. Everything's on there, child care, every, every detail that you really need to know. And then the leader, closing song. And if you've already signed up for a group, that's awesome. Use this time to pray for more people to take this important step. Let me pray for us. God, God thank you for this place that we gather, where we gather every, every weekend as a, as a large celebration to be inspired as we sing and worship to you and as we hear from your word as you challenge us. God, give us the wisdom and the strength and the courage to act upon the things that you put on our hearts to do. God, we're also grateful for the many groups, the, the many circles that we have in our church where real transformation happens. Help each one of us, God, to seek out those communities, to seek out those groups and use those relationships to continually grow and, and transform us more into who you created us to be and who you want us uh, to be. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.